Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the ASQ Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Steve Sales. Uh, today, finally talking about the NFL again, you know, which is kind of my bread and butter, I feel like. Um, and I finally kind of figured out what how I want to do it, I think. Uh, I might try to streamline the process a little bit better in terms of the, uh, the structure of the episode. Uh, and I'm not going to do these every week because, as I said, I'm going to be doing some uh, Notre Dame football previews for some of the bigger games, and I'd prefer to do those on Thursdays. And I don't know if doing an episode on Wednesday and Thursday is something I really want to do timing wise. It's just kind of tough to figure all those out because I'm already doing the Notre Dame post games on Sundays. But what I want to do uh, and I will I will talk about the NFL most weeks, I think, and those will be coming out on Wednesdays. Uh, And so what I'm going to do is every week I will watch the Patriots game. Obviously, Uh, I'm not going to talk about that every week because I understand that. Uh, a lot of people don't care, and they also may just not be nationally relevant week to week, so I'm not going to bother. Uh, I might talk about them next week because they're the Sunday night game. That'll be a big chance for them. We'll get there. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Uh, but what I will do is the way that my football watching setup is, I have the multi-box going on uh, each uh, week. So I can watch four games at once, and I will, you know, if the Patriots are on at 1 o'clock, say I'll watch them, and I'll try to focus on one or two of the other games going on at the same time. And I'll do the same thing for the 430 game. And then I'll talk about some of the primetime games that I watch. And if there's any big storylines I'll talk about, I'll do that here. So uh, what we've got today is, you know, some of the bigger things like we have Aaron Rodgers' injury. Uh, and then a couple of the other games that I was able to focus on a lot more, like the Browns and the Bengals, uh, the Chiefs and the Lions. And, and then we'll just have a couple other uh, assorted points. Uh, in this case, this week, we'll focus on some quarterbacks that we were looking for some updates on after the offseason. Um so I think that'll be a good way to kind of spread the wealth around and, you know, get a get a good grip on like what a lot of different teams are doing week to week. Um, and then I'll have a couple special episodes, you know, every, say, month and a half, just based on, you know, like how's we're four games through the season, like who stood out, you know, things like that. Or we'll do like midseason awards. Uh, so I'll have more of those, too, just to kind of give us, uh, you know, define boundaries on where the season is. But I want to cover a lot of teams and I'm sure that uh, people are interested in hearing about a lot of different teams because, you know, we can't watch every single team every week. Um, not that I am either, but, you know, I think we can all mix and match with some of the knowledge that we're learning week to week. So with that being said, uh, the biggest thing we have to talk about, obviously, is uh, Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. What was that? Four snaps into his New York Jets career, which uh, no other way to say it. It's just a a devastating blow for the Jets. Um, As you all know, I was lower on the Jets than most to begin with. I did not have them making the playoffs. But uh, I, I could at least, you know, I obviously understood the argument that their ceiling was certainly much higher with Aaron Rodgers in there as a veteran quarterback that they have not had uh, in the last couple of years. And obviously that ceiling is gone now uh, without him. You know, uh, Zach Wilson flashed some, you know, he, he has all the arm talent in the world and we see that he'll make a play here and there. We're like, oh, OK, maybe this is why they haven't given up on him. But then, you know, you'll see he just sits back there and he's not very comfortable in the pocket. And he'll just make some baffling decisions or he'll sail a throw. And then, uh, you know, we saw the interception that he threw into double coverage that was just completely ill-advised. Um, he's not he's not a game manager, which is really what you – I think the best case scenario for him, for this team, is you want a game manager. And he's not equipped to really play like that because he's never played like that. That's just not what he does. Um, and I just, I just don't think that the team I, – I, you know, I think this is a quality team alongside him. But I just don't think it's going to be enough to kind of carry them throughout the season. Um, you know, I, I will acknowledge they did uh, start last year six and three with Zach Wilson before uh, the bye week, and he got hurt, and they went to Mike White, and then the wheels kind of fell off from there. But I, I'm just not really—I just don't see it. Um, you know, something else that doesn't really help is their offensive line was not particularly good last night either. 
Um, I, I mean, we saw not that I don't, I want to blame the offensive line necessarily for Rogers getting hurt. I don't think that's fair, but I, I mean, they, they did let a, they cut block and failed miserably and Rogers got hit immediately. And I think that was going to continue the rest of the night. Cause I never thought they were particularly good. And we saw they're, they're not very good. And the last thing you want when you have a quarterback who struggles with decision-making under pressure and accuracy and everything is a bad offensive line. Who's going to rush him and make uh, him make even worse decisions than he already makes. So it's just tough. I, you know, you almost feel bad for Jets fans. I don't because I'm a Patriots fan. You almost feel bad for them though because they they finally they felt like they had their light at the end of the tunnel and things were going to be so great, and it's all gone. Um, and it's just it's just tough. Um, it's just really tough. You know, like I, I think they'll be they'll be a threat to they'll be around the playoff contention mark. I think just by nature of having a pretty good team. I don't again. I don't expect them to make it. I didn't expect them to make it. But that defense is really good. Uh, we saw Jordan Whitehead was incredible last night. Some of that could have been Josh Allen. You know, we'll see. Um, and then, I mean, we know how good Quentin Williams was. C.J. Mosley has been really, really good, um, which, which is interesting because C.J. Mosley spent those first two years with the Jets, um, you know, grossly overpaid considering he wasn't playing any games at all. But, you know, he's back to his uh, his Ravens form uh, pre-contract extension with the Jets. So that's cool to see. Um, and Brees Hall actually looked really uh, surprisingly uh, he moved really well considering he's coming back from that knee injury and, you know, he wasn't getting as many carries as say Dalvin cook, but I mean, he ended up with, uh, what was it like 127 all purpose yards, something like that. That's, that's pretty good. Um, and if he's re- if he's ready to go sooner rather than later, that's even better. Right. Um, you know, he's not necessarily in shape yet. We saw like that 83 yard run last year, that would have been a touchdown for sure. Um, so he needs to get back some of that, that conditioning that he had before, but that'll come right. Just as he plays more and gets more into the swing of things. So again, this should be still a decent team, but their ability to win shootouts, I just don't really think is there. I mean, we saw Garrett Wilson with just an an incredible, incredible touchdown catch, but it was a a poorly, poorly thrown ball by Zach Wilson. Um, And they really shouldn't have even won this game. I mean, they they won this game because Josh Allen gifted them four golden opportunities with just some very, very questionable turnovers and the punt return touchdown to win the game at the end, um, which, you know, you can't rely on every single week. They got their Marcus Jones moment. They were on the other side of that, and that's great. But I just don't see them being able to do that consistently. So, I, I yeah, it's just really bad for the Jets. You feel bad. And then I guess the last question is, um, is Rodgers going to play again? Um, which, obviously, we can't answer. But I think you really have to question. Um, he, he was 39 this year. He'll be 40 going into next season. And uh, he was already starting to slow down a little bit mobility wise as he got older. And now he's coming off of a torn Achilles. You know, is he going to be the same guy again? Like, was he ever going to be the same guy again? We just don't know. Um, So that's going to be something to monitor. We we very well may have uh, seen the last of Aaron Rodgers that we've seen in an NFL uniform, which would also be sad to see because, you know, am I his biggest fan? No, but he's one of the greats and you got to respect that. So with the Bills too, uh, I'm not fully panicking about the bills yet. Uh, something to monitor though, definitely is, is the turnovers with Josh Allen. Uh, I, we've seen, he has led the NFL in turnovers since he's been drafted. I think since 2018, he has 83 turnovers. I believe that number is, which is a lot, obviously, uh, you know, those are, uh, those are Javis numbers. Um, I don't think that again, one reason is cause for concern because he's turned the ball over a bunch before and they've been good. But I think the question is, is the team good enough at this point where they can compensate for Allen's turnovers? Um, so I think we need to see if he continues to turn over the ball as much as he has, um, in which case, yeah, the Bills might be in a little bit of trouble. But 
week one, you know, let's take it easy. Like let's monitor it, but let's not jump to any strong conclusions is what I would say there. So next up, uh, we'll talk about the Browns and the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals struggles obviously are kind of head and center here, front and center here, not head and center. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so I, you know, there's plain and simple. Joe Burrow was terrible. I mean, he was just terrible. Uh, he didn't really feel very comfortable in the pocket. Um, I thought he was getting a little antsy. Uh, and he was just missing a lot of throws too um, that you don't normally see him miss because I believe statistically he's the most accurate quarterback uh, in the NFL in NFL's history. Um, and you know the the eye test kind of he's one of the best, if not the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. But uh, he threw a lot of balls up to T Higgins that T really never even had much of a shot on. Which again, it's just not normally the case uh, with Burrow. Um, so you can try and excuse some of it, I think, because it was really rainy. Um, and he's missed, uh, he started practicing, I believe, what was that, August 30th, um, because he, he missed about a month with the, the calf injury that he suffered. And we've seen this before with him. I mean, he threw four picks against the Steelers week one last year after not playing most of the preseason because he had that appendectomy. So, uh, and, and coming back from Brown's defense, uh, coming back to a very good Brown's defense, which I will talk about in a little bit here. Um, I think I think that's certainly some uh, th there's some merit to the idea that this isn't something that's going to be happening going forward, which I would tend to agree with. Um, they start slow. Um, I'm not going to excuse the performance because, again, it was bad and Burrow has stuff he needs to figure out. And it may take another couple of weeks for him to really get back into the swing of things. But long term, I wouldn't say I'm super worried about the Bengals. Um, and they play the Ravens next week, who secondary, again, just not super inspiring. So I think that'll be. If the Bengals struggle next week, then yes, I think there's cause for concern. Absolutely. But we'll get there after we get there. The Browns showed an excellent, excellent defense. And it's exactly what I was talking about in the preseason. They have a ton of really great athletes on the back end. Um, and they just needed the right coordinator to take advantage of it. Um, you know, I think uh, Joe Woods has been criticized a lot in the past for his uh, defensive play calling duties. And we know that Jim Schwartz, uh, if there's one thing he can do, it's he can, he can scheme up some really good, uh, uh, coverage schemes. Should I be using schemes and coverage? It doesn't matter. I'll do better with the wordplay later. Um, they have two great cover corners uh, with help from Delpit. I mean, Greg Newsom and Denzel Ward both did an incredible job yesterday covering Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And if you have two guys that you can feel really confident in sticking them on those receivers and they're not going to get burnt every single time, I mean, that's huge in terms of what you can do with your pass rush and the rest of your defense and coverage uh, if you trust those guys on the back end. And like I said, Grant Delpit also had some really nice plays of his own. He even covered T. Higgins one time on a, a fade route, and he did really, really well with it. Uh, I thought JOK, uh, Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa, also looked to bounce back a little bit from last year. He looked quick. He looked uh, looked like he was flying all over the place, which is good because I didn't think uh, he was utilized last year quite in the way he needed to. Um, and, you know, Miles Garrett, we know Miles Garrett. He's, uh, he's pretty good at football. Pretty good. So I, I think the Browns defense is going to, you know, absolutely be a strength for them this year. And it's going to keep them in pretty much every single game that they've got all season. However, uh, something that this kind of concerned me is uh, the, the offense showed some red flags. I thought uh, Deshaun Watson missed uh, a couple of very routine throws that just worried me a little bit. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's uh, it would be fair of me to not acknowledge that the rain could certainly be a factor uh, in what happened yesterday. Much in the, what's today, Wednesday? No, Sunday. Uh, much in the same way that it could have affected Burrow. But we are talking about, I mean, Deshaun Watson was 55% completion. And there were, I counted at least four throws where there was a wide open receiver who Deshaun Watson has to hit. 
and he threw it in the dirt. Like he threw it several feet in front of the guy's legs, which is just concerning because it was definitely a bit of a problem last year with him too. And I, I'd have to look at it a little bit further. I'm not sure if it's something mechanical or if it's just the way he's seeing the field, but he's just really having trouble hitting a lot of these receivers. Uh, I mean, you look yesterday and you had uh, Elijah Moore hit 43 receiving yards and that was it. Uh, you know, nobody else topped anything higher than that. And he was able to run a little bit with his legs, you know, which we always knew he could do. And that's useful. But um, it, it just calls into question, you know, his consistency as a passer. I mean, the, the interception he had was also just terrible. He was staring right at uh, Chidabe Awuzie and threw it right at him for no reason when there was no one else around him. It, it didn't really make a ton of sense. Um, so that's just that's something to watch uh, again going forward because it was already something I'm a little concerned about. And they didn't really do anything to assuage my fears about it. Uh, and to make matters worse, Jack Conklin, their right tackle, who's been pretty good, is now out for the year with a, a torn uh, ligament in his knee. And that's going to be another thing. I think uh, Dewan Jones is going to be the guy that steps in there. And, you know, he's a bit of a question mark in terms of is he ready to uh, play at this level? Because, you know, people were uh, questioning his work ethic and his uh, how raw he is as a prospect. So that's uh, certainly a little worrying, I think, if I were a Browns fan. But like I said, that defense is really good, and they'll be in a bunch of close games this year. So they've got time to figure things out. All right, and then we'll talk about uh, the Chiefs and the Lions. But first, we're going to take a quick break, actually. There's a lot to talk about with the Chiefs and the Lions, uh, and some of it's more like big-picture stuff with the Chiefs. That uh, I think I'll, I'll wait until I talk about the game first. But uh, the, the first big takeaway, I guess, is Travis Kelsey is pretty good at football, uh, which – I don't think I needed to sell anybody on. I think we all knew that beforehand, but uh, that, that injury that came out on, I think it was Tuesday before the game, just brutal, right? Because the, the chiefs already have so many new parts to incorporate into the offense and uh, that, you know, they're, they're lacking a, a truly established wide receiver, I would say uh, in terms of someone that you can consistently rely on to uh, get your production and to not have Travis Kelsey and, and to just have that void in the middle of the field. That, that's really tough uh, to adjust to on the fly. And uh, it was going to be a really difficult job for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to come together with a coherent offensive plan that they thought could work. And, they, you know, I think I, I respect what they were going for in that they had 12 different guys catch a pass, uh, which is kind of, I think, what they needed at that point. You need to uh, give as many guys chances as possible and see if people can really take a step through. And... I don't really think we saw that necessarily. Uh, I mean, MVS had that one uh, 34 yard catch, but that's kind of what he does, right? I mean, he'll catch a deep pass every now and then, but consistency is not really the name of the game there. And that, that's really about it. Uh, I mean, my God, Kadarius Tony with the one catch for one yard and four drops and the, the one drop leading directly into the pick six. It really, it really just doesn't get any worse than that. Um, but you know, it, it was definitely, it was very, very concerning watching the chiefs offense because, um, they had a couple guys, they had sky Moore, who they thought was, uh, going to be a really, uh, interesting prospect who could grow from a rookie year where he, he showed a couple things. I, I wouldn't say he looked more like a receiver. He honestly, in a lot of ways, I thought he looked like Kadarius Tony, where he was more just like a, a pretty good athlete that was learning how to play receiver. Uh, he's a little bit different in that he's more like a, a shifty quick game kind of guy, as opposed to like a, you know, like a deep, uh, deep threat contested catch receiver, but he had zero catches on three targets uh, on Thursday and didn't really do much of anything. Uh, so at that point you're relying on uh, Justin Watson, who I'm sure everybody listening to this knows uh, he says sarcastically uh, Rasheed Rice, who was a rookie 
Justin Ross is a the receiver out of Clemson who uh, struggled with some medical issues. Uh, frankly, probably shouldn't be playing based on what I've heard about his medical information. I mean, he's had a spinal fusion issue. But here he is, and he got his one catch for six yards, and it's going to take him a while to uh, adjust to the game and everything. And then you have Richie James, who is a career punt return guy, who is uh, now getting heavy snaps for the Chiefs at receiver. That's pretty rough. That's uh, it's pretty rough. And, you know, I thought Mahomes looked a little off at times. I mean, we saw a couple throws that he missed to open guys. But I think some of that can just be hand-waved as, you know, he's still adjusting to some of these receivers that he hasn't really worked consistently with. Um, I'm not going to be too hard on him, you know, because you got to hold guys to a higher standard when they're that good. And I get that, but that was, it was a rough hand of cards dealt to him. Um, But it's definitely something that they're going to need to, they're going to need to deal with all season because Travis Kelsey comes back and obviously he's the number one receiver and that'll be great, but you do need to have other guys that can step up. Uh, You know, Tyreek Hill for all those years, obviously was really, really good. Um, And then you had Juju last year who is, is Juju the greatest receiver in the world? No, he is not. But Juju had a very solid 900 yards is the number two option in that offense last year. And you knew that he could move the chains if you needed him to. And they don't really have that guy right now. You know, I'm sure people will be pairing them with uh, Mike Evans and trade talks until the, the end of the trade deadline, or they do it. Um, they're they're going to need somebody because um, this isn't really going to be sustainable. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the game right now, but we've seen with Brady and with Rogers sometimes, I mean, there's only so much you can do if you're, if you're throwing a guys that just aren't really like high quality NFL wide receivers. So that's something they're going to have to work with. Uh, I thought their defense did well, all things considered. Uh, you know, we know the Lions offense is pretty uh, high powered uh, at its best. And the, the Chiefs didn't have Chris Jones, but Chris Jones is back um, now. And, and I'll talk about the contract in a little bit. But, you know, I don't think the the defense is uh, quite as much of a worry, maybe, as I thought it was. Um, I thought the, the secondary played really well. Uh, we saw Trent McDuffie uh, make some nice plays, and he struggled a little bit last year uh, for sure. But he looked a lot better. Leo Chanel was good at linebacker. Uh, I saw Drew Tranquil get in on some plays, special teams, all that. Um, so that, that'll be something that um, I, I think that will maybe help them a little bit. Um, and obviously, Chris Jones coming back is going to help a lot, uh, which I will talk about for a little bit because I don't know how much people followed the uh, Chris Jones holdout saga. But essentially what was happening was Chris Jones was holding out because he wanted a three-year extension where they ripped up his current deal. Like he has the last year of his contract is this year. And he wanted to rip that up and just get three brand new years. So it would be this year plus two more years of new money. And the Chiefs, what they wanted to do is they wanted to add two more years to his uh, current deal. So he would be getting new money in this year and the other two years. So three years, he'd be getting new money. But uh, he wouldn't be getting any new money this year. He would just be getting paid some of next year's money now, uh, which Chris Jones wasn't going for. And he was holding out. And essentially what they decided to do was they just reworked his current last year of his deal where they gave him some incentives and gave him an avenue to make more money this year. But I don't really understand it because essentially all they did was they gave him the opportunity to win back, not win back, earn back the money that he's already incurred in fines because he incurred over $3 million in fines by holding out and not showing up to uh, training camp in the first game of the season. So it's really confusing from his part because uh, his salary has increased this year, but he, it, it doesn't really change by all the, anything meaningful because he already lost a bunch of money and he didn't add any long-term money uh, to his deal. So the only thing I can think of is they're trying to increase the, um, 
the price of the franchise tag next year so that they are more uh, inclined to give him a, a longer extension to lower his cap hits and everything. But at this point, I mean, with no new extension, they might just want to take it year by year at that point next year and, and not have any long-term commitments to him. To, so that would further drive down his money. Like he, I would imagine that between this year and next year, he would have made more money if he had just taken the, the extension that the Chiefs were offering him. But uh, we'll see. But, you know, it doesn't really matter right now because he's back. He's a really good football player. And he's going to contribute a lot to the Chiefs defense. So um, they're, they're going to be, you know, like I said, I think they're more mortal excuse me, this year than they have been uh, just because the, I don't think the offensive firepower is there to complement Mahomes and Kelsey, but they should still be pretty good. Obviously. I mean, Mahomes and Kelsey is going to be enough to get you a pretty, pretty good offense. Uh, to talk about the lions too. Uh, they weren't very flashy, but I think they, they showed the physicality and the edge that uh, I think is going to help them win a lot of football games this year. Uh, we saw them really grinding out drives at the end there, uh, both to score the touchdown and then to just ice out the game. Uh, with David Montgomery. Um, and Jameer Gibbs flashing things too. I thought their young guys did well. Uh, we saw Jack Campbell uh, look good in coverage, save like a third down conversion. Uh, Brian Branch, uh, you know, not that he deserves all the credit in the world for uh, catching a Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony uh, drop pass for the pick six, but, you know, he was around the area and he was pretty quick. Nobody would be catching him. And, you know, I don't think Gibbs is going to be running down the middle. I think that'll be more Montgomery. And I think that uh, kind of reflected in their efficiency stats uh, in that Gibbs was basically only running to the outside, which is why he averaged, uh, I think it was six yards a carry. And Montgomery was at uh, three and a half, but he, Montgomery was certainly trusted in the more uh, crucial situations and, you know, was the guy that they wanted on the goal line to, to score. So, uh, and Goff, I thought he, he looked good. You know, he had a couple of moments where he made some throws that he shouldn't have and, you know, got a little flustered, but he didn't, he only took one sack. He didn't turn the ball over and he made a couple of nice throws. I mean, that, that, uh, conversion to Josh Reynolds in between those two dudes, that's a, that's an incredible throw. And th those are the throws that you look at sometimes and you remember the arm talent that he has. And it's, it's all a matter for him of just making sure that he's comfortable with the mental aspect of things. Uh, and to check, uh, Jameer Gibbs did average six yards a carry. Yes. Seven carries for 42 yards and two catches for 18 yards. Uh, yeah. They're going to be another team. I think that having a, a bigger threat on the outside would be good for them. Uh, DJ Chark, when he was healthy, he did that role well last year. Um, they're hoping Jameson Williams can do it when he returns uh, from a suspension. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I thought the defense did well. Like I said, it's kind of hard to tell because I don't think the Chiefs offense was, I don't think they played particularly well, but um, you know they certainly looked good overall. Um, and I think there's a lot of optimism, uh, a lot of reasons for optimism in Detroit this year. So we'll keep it going. Who do they play this week? They play the Seahawks this week. That's definitely a game I'm going to try and watch and see how the offense looks uh, against the worst defense in Seattle. All right. So that is the last of the games. I'm not going to talk about Pat's Eagles. I'm not going to do it week one. I'll, I'll give it to you guys later in the year. Uh, so that'll definitely, that, that takes away a bit of the time that uh, I was hoping to talk about today. Uh, but I did have just a little grab bag, some quick thoughts and notes of games that I didn't get to watch consistently, but just some things I noticed. I'm going to take a quick drink of water here. So uh, one of the big storylines that I wanted to follow this offseason was uh, how Brock Purdy looked coming back from his uh, UCL tear. Or was it a rupture? I don't remember. But Brock Purdy had a very serious elbow injury. And this team is really, really good, this 49ers team. But I think we needed to see what Brock Purdy looked like, uh, you know, how he, he felt throwing the ball before I could uh, put my full confidence behind them uh, as the class of a very, what I, I still think is a very weak NFC and he passed the test with flying colors. 
flying colors. Brock Purdy, 19 of 29, 220 yards and two touchdowns uh, with three carries for 20 yards. That's a, a very typical Brock Purdy performance within the, the Kyle Shanahan offense. Uh, Brandon Ayuk looked incredible. Uh, you know, he did great um, as a um, the, the second touchdown with Patrick Peterson draped all over him. That was a, a wonderful throw by Brock Purdy and a great catch by Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he looked good running the ball after the catch. He looked good just kind of as a receiver doing regular receiver things. And I, I almost think that he's overtaken Debo as the, the number one option in this offense, just because I think he's more of a natural receiver than Debo is. And, you know, I think that he's going to be, um, he'll probably be more available than Debo consistently, just because we know Debo gets a little banged up by nature of the way he plays. And not that what Debo does isn't very valuable, but uh, it, it could be a little more unstable, if that makes any sense. Um Offensive line looked great against a, what we know is going to be a very solid Steelers defense. Christian McCaffrey was running at 6.9 yards a carry, uh, did really well there. Uh, and then the defense, obviously, was – we all know how good this defense is. I mean, Drake Jackson was able to get three sacks as a, an auxiliary piece uh, for them, and the rest of the line just did their thing. God, they're, they're really good. I mean, we, we knew how talented this entire team was. I think it was just more can Brock Purdy – uh, regain enough form to keep the ship afloat? And seemingly the answer is yes. Because, I, um, I, you know, I, I would say they were already one of the top teams, even with the Brock Purdy, maybe not at 100%. But if Brock Purdy is going to keep playing the way that he does, then I think these guys might be in a class pretty much by themselves, except for maybe the Cowboys. Um, as for the Steelers, yeah, the, that was rough. Uh, Kenny Pickett didn't look very good. He looked indecisive. Uh, and then, you know, when he tried to force things, that didn't go very well for him. Uh Deontay Johnson is now out for a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. So the receivers are Allen Robinson, Kevin Austin, and George Pickens, who struggled a little bit uh, with down the field stuff. Um, but we'll see. The, the, again, they're going to need some more time. This is a rough start for them, but um, we'll see if the offensive line can be a little bit better. And we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm not, re I'm not ready to write off the Steelers yet, but it was a, that was a discouraging, a discouraging performance for people that had a lot of positive things to, to say about Pickett in the offseason. Um, and then just a couple other operate um, observations, uh, just about some quarterbacks, you know, that people were excited about and we wanted to see how they looked. Um, I, I was able to watch a decent amount of the Colts Jaguars game and I thought Anthony Richardson actually looked okay. Um, I thought they played it pretty safe for the most part. I mean, he had a couple throws down the seam, but he didn't really, uh, they, they didn't really challenge him with, I, I would say any throws that were uh, particularly difficult, if that makes any sense. Uh, he was 24, 37 for 223 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Uh, 10 carries for 40 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so he was averaging six yards in attempt. Like I said, he really wasn't forcing it downfield too much. Um, I, the, the one thing I would be a little concerned about is uh, his throw chart, which uh, essentially just shows you like where all the different throws he made on the field were. And almost, I would say it was like 75% of his throws were to his right, uh, which is a little concerning in that, you know, it, it kind of like Trubisky was actually very, very similar in that regard and that they only wanted to throw to one side of the field. Uh, which is certainly something that NFL teams are going to be able to scheme around if that becomes a pattern. So that'll be something to look at uh, consistently week to week. Uh, you can find that. I think it's on Next Gen Stats. They just have things on Twitter like that that you can look at. So maybe check that out sometime because uh, if that's going to be a pattern, that's certainly going to be a little concerning. But overall, I thought it could have been a lot worse from him. Uh, he only turned the ball over once. That'll work. And then Justin Fields played the Packers. Really, really struggled. Um, basically what he didn't keep his eyes downfield at all. I mean, not that the O-line was particularly great, but he did kind of the same thing he did before where he, um, you know, he would just kind of run around and, uh, run himself into pressure and out of the pocket, which is a big concern. 
um, run himself into sacks and just overall just wasn't really making the right decisions and reads that you need out of an NFL quarterback. Um, so that was, that's really, really concerning that, you know, we saw we've added all of these weapons for him, not all of these weapons, I say, but DJ Moore is a very significant addition. Darnell Mooney is healthy. Um, and we just, we didn't really see any sign of any kind of growth at all from him. Um, so that, that's going to be something that, um, you know, that, that's going to be kind of a cloud hanging over the bears until, until you can prove him wrong is, is if he can actually take this step forward. Not that I was ever really optimistic that he could do that, but uh, yeah, just not good. Uh, Jordan Love, on the other hand, it was a little up and down. Uh, like the bears, again, like I said, just kind of rolled over their defense. Wasn't particularly good either. Um, and Jordan Love's accuracy numbers weren't great necessarily. He was 15 to 27. Uh, he was a little scattershot at times, but he also sh- uh, showed some really, really nice touch. I thought on a couple throws, uh, you saw the, both of the Romeo Dobbs touchdowns I thought were really nice by him. The slant was uh, some good anticipation to throw him open. And then the the fade was perfectly placed. I mean, Romeo Dobbs was going to be able to get that when the defender wasn't looking. It was, it was great. It really was. Um, so I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure what to think of Jordan Love yet. Um, because like I said, there was some, the, the overlying numbers don't look necessarily spectacular, but he made a couple of throws that I thought were really good. So the Falcons, and maybe they're not the defense. I'm going to point out week three, they play home against the Saints at one o'clock. And that's going to be a game that I'm going to put on my box because I want to see Jordan Love against this different test and how that looks, especially once he has Christian Watson back too. That's something else that maybe I'm not giving enough credit for is his number one rep weapon wasn't playing either. So that'll be interesting to watch. So with that said, I think that's about all I've done. Uh, next week, I'm going to try and pick one extra game just to fill a little bit more time to uh, give you guys some content there. But that's what I got for you guys this week. Uh, I hope you guys liked it. If you have any suggestions, comments, concerns uh, for, you know, kind of the format that I did today, uh, that'd be great. I'd appreciate it. Um, but with that, um, I will be talking about the NFL, not next week. It will be the Wednesday after that, which is, let me pull up the calendar. The Wednesday, the 27th is when I'll be doing the NFL again next. So that will be after week three because um, I will be doing, so Sunday, the 17th is going to be my central Michigan preview, not central Michigan preview, central Michigan post game. Uh, and I'm actually going to have a very special guest on for that one. I'm really excited. I think you guys will like him a lot. And then, um, I will be doing on Thursday, the 21st, uh, my preview pod for the Ohio state game, because that's a big game. I've watched enough of them play. I think I can talk about it a little bit. So I'll do that one. And then I'll be doing my post game for Ohio state on Sunday with the very same special guest that I'm doing uh, next week, which I'm really excited about. And then we'll go to the NFL stuff. I'll post all this on my Instagram uh, if people want to know what the, the actual schedule is. So next episode is going to be Sunday night, the 17th, Notre Dame versus Central Michigan. Thanks guys for listening. We'll see you then.